Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church where it is vacation Bible school this week. And uh, we are teaching the kids about how Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's an exciting time of the year. And uh, this program that you are watching, listening to right now, is A Weekly Word. And I'm glad you're with me. And A Weekly Word across the summer is exploring some of the Sunday school stories that maybe you grew up with. Maybe, maybe these are completely unfamiliar to you. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but maybe these are, are stories that you grew up with and maybe you didn't learn everything that I'm going to talk about. And maybe there's going to be something in here that's going to be helpful for you. That, that's sure what I'm hoping anyhow. Uh, last week we talked about Abram, a.k.a. Abraham. And we talked about his decision to follow God's call to go to a land that God would show him. Sight unseen, go. And uh, that decision to go had an impact on other people in Abram's family. Uh, for instance, it impacted his, his brother and his brother's family because his nephew Lot left with him and went to Canaan. Uh, most of all, the person probably most impacted outside of Abraham himself is Sarai, his wife. Now, Sarai, she's later going to get her name to be changed to be Sarah. Um, Sarai and Sarah both mean princess. I'm not exactly sure what if there's any kind of nuance that says that this is why the name was changed. I know that from Abram to Abraham, there's a little nuance in, in that, but... Uh, Either way, uh, at some point, God changed her name to Sarah. At the same time, he changed Abram's name to Abraham. And other than the scripture reading, when I do that in a little bit, I'm just going to refer to them as Abraham and Sarah because I think that's how most people are used to thinking about them. So um, Sarai, or excuse me, I already did it wrong. Sarah, um, she's heavily impacted by her husband's choice. Um, I should also add that Sarah um, is Abraham's half-sister. Um, she had the same father but a different mother. And while that's weird to us and gross to us, um, maybe in those days it was not that unusual. But Sarah knows about the promise that God made to Abraham, that he would be the father of many children. Indeed, a, a multitude of children. Uh, at one point, God takes Abraham outside and look at the stars. Can you count them? That's how many children you're going to have. Now, here's the promise. Abraham, you're going to have that many children. And in initial thinking about that, we're going to think probably Sarah is going to be a mother. But did God promise that Sarah would be the mother? And the answer is no, at least not at first. Later on, God made it clear that Sarah is going to bear a son and she would be the one who brings the, the boy into the world who carries the promise of the blessing that's going to bless all nations and, and all of those incredible things. But at 
the point of the story that I want us to enter into, Sarah has not heard that promise yet. And she knows that Abraham's going to be the father of many. She does not know whether or not she is the mother. And she's maybe getting anxious about God keeping his promise to Abraham. It's been about 10 years since they came to the promised land and there's still no child. And so Sarah, well, Sarah decides to help God out, which um, I think we do this sometimes where we're like, well, I better help God with this. Um, let's be frank, God does not need our help. Uh, but uh, every once in a while we get that into our head and, uh, and then things do not go well, which is exactly what's going to happen here. Sarah decides she's going to help God out and the thought crosses her mind that perhaps she's not going to be the mother because she seemed to be unable to become pregnant. So how do you solve that problem? Abraham has to be a father. She does not necessarily have to be the mother. Do the math and it becomes, you need another woman. And there was another woman on the scene. In fact, let me read this to you from Genesis chapter 16. It's verses 1 through 4. Abram's wife, Sarai, had not borne any children to him, but she owned an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Sarai said to Abram, Since the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go to my slave. Perhaps through her I can build a family. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So Abram's wife, Sarai, took Hagar, her Egyptian slave, and gave her to her husband, Abram, as a wife for him. This happened after Abram had lived in the land of Canaan ten years. He slept with Hagar, and she became pregnant. Now, there are some, there are some serious ethical questions here and, and ethical problems here, right? Uh, we're dealing with issues of, of slavery, which was common at the time. Um, but to give your slave into the arms of your husband, ah, um, there's adultery. Uh, there's, there's placing reason over faith. You know, I've got to figure out how this is going to happen rather than trusting God to make it happen. And there's frankly just not believing that God will keep his promise and do what he said that he would do. And I want to resist the urge to excuse Sarah and Abraham because I think that that's the default that most of the times we Christians go to. Well, if they hadn't done this, then this, that, and the other thing would not have happened. Let's be really clear. Just because something is in the Bible, it does not mean that God approves of that behavior. The people in the Bible are, well, they're people. And they're filled with all the, the, the faults and the failures that people have always had and continue to have. And we look at Sarah and we wonder, what were you thinking? You know, and then you look at Abraham and judge his behavior. You know, so here's his wife of all of these years and she says, here, take my slave. And he's like, okay. What we don't ask is would we have done things differently? Or if we do, we're like, yeah, of course I would have done things differently because I'm a lot smarter than those people in the past. But that's not necessarily the case. 
we don't always recognize how much we're formed by our, our culture and our experiences. And Abraham's and Sarah's culture and experiences led them to believe that what they were doing was okay, maybe even good. And this is one of the mistakes uh, that we make of, of our age, that we, we look at the past and we judge the past according to our own standards. Uh, I, I think that we need to look at the past and let sin be sin, but also look for where is God redeeming and bringing grace, and where is our sin, and where is he bringing grace to us? So maybe, maybe Sarah and Abraham are acting out of desperation. Maybe they're acting out of impatience. I mean, they've been in the promised land 10 years. Whatever it was, Sarah uh, was driven by something to put forth the idea, to even suggest it. And something moved Abraham to agree, to do it. And Hagar, well, Hagar got pregnant and really had no choice in the matter. So we might look at this on one hand and say, well, Sarah's plan worked, right? Eh, maybe not so well. Um, Hagar did get pregnant, but then she began to look at Sarah with contempt, it says. Um, and there could be several reasons for this. I mean, first of all, pregnancy is not easy. And at this time, it's not super safe for the mom or the baby. Um, she could have some contempt because she really wasn't given a choice in this. She's a slave. Um, but maybe there's some contempt in there because now she's done something that her mistress could not do. She conceived a baby with Abraham. And Sarah became angry, and I suspect a bit jealous as well. And she blames Abraham for this, which is both unfair and fair. It's unfair in the sense that it was Sarah's idea, but it's fair in the sense that Abraham agreed to it, and he should not have. And then Sarah also began to mistreat Hagar. She's the one with the power. And Abraham, well, Abraham really didn't do anything to help Hagar. And so poor pregnant Hagar ran away. And we're going to talk about that next week, exactly how God worked in Hagar's life and in her son's life. But I want to stop here because a couple of thoughts come to my mind. As Christians, it's important for us to resist hero worship. The heroes of the Bible, they're all sinners. And, and well, I mean, except for Jesus, but all, all of the other heroes of the Bible are, are sinners. And they live by grace through faith, just like you and me. We have that in common with them. I think it's good for us to look to them to receive an example, but we want to look for the right example. An example of what does it mean to live by faith and to live in God's grace. Because have you ever made a bad decision? Have you ever committed some kind of massive moral failure in your life? Have you ever lacked trust in God's promises for you? These people, they're in the middle of their stories. We're looking back at them. We have the, the great advantage of hindsight. They're trying to figure it out as they go along, trusting in God and trusting in his promises. So if you've ever failed in any of those ways, you're in good company. And the good news is that God is faithful 
And friends, that's really the point of the cross, that Jesus went there to die because Abraham goofed up, because Sarah goofed up, because you and I sin and we disobey God. And so it's at the cross where we finally see Abraham's promise come to its full fruition, that all nations are blessed through him, through his seed. And that one who would be a descendant of, of Abraham, Jesus, he bore all of our sin to that cross so that we could have life and forgiveness. The other thing that comes to my mind here is that it's important for us to trust God's timing. And that's, that's not easy to do. Abraham and Sarah together will have a baby boy. And they're going to wait about another 15 years for that to happen. They walked by faith. And that's what we do too. Um, even back to the beginning of this story, go to the land that I will show you. They're walking by faith. They don't see the next step. They don't know what God's timing is, and neither do you or I. And as we walk by faith, we know that He is blessing us, and He's bringing us to a land that He has promised us. Because Jesus didn't just die to atone for our sins, but Abraham's seed also rose from the dead to win the victory over death for Abraham, for Sarah, for Hagar, for you and for me so that as we walk by faith, we can do that with a confidence that God keeps his promises. So, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this with you a little bit. If this was helpful for you, please like it and share it. Um, rate this, uh, whatever it takes to, uh, to get this thing out to others, because I always figure if this was a blessing for you, it's gotta be a blessing for others. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.